You are listening to Boulder, where I talk about challenges and opportunities of growing into your best life. Growing old is inevitable. It's time to live life on your terms. In this podcast, we are building a community of people in similar situations. Together, we will prepare for the next leg of the journey ahead. You will hear from others who have been where you are, those who have smashed stereotypes and have decided to live bolder. I'm your host, Emily Cat. Hi, welcome to Boulder. This is Emmy Cat. I wanted to share with you who I am. You already know why I'm doing the podcast, but I felt it's only fair that you know who I am or a little bit about who I am. First, let me start with who I am not. I am not an expert. I am not a doctor. I'm not a therapist or a psychologist. I am just a woman that feels this topic is very important that we need to be out of the closet because I have been a closeted older person um, <laughs> at work. I don't tell them my age. Obviously, human resources know, but I don't tell them my age because I'm afraid that they're going to say, oh my God, she's really old. I don't look my age. I'm always told that when I tell somebody how old I am. But I just wanted to make sure you understood that I didn't go to school to study um, psychology or ex- or health or, or any other topics or finances. These are just my opinions. And I am going to bring people who are experts at what they do or what they say. And I'm also going to bring people that are not experts. But it is their opinion and I feel it's important. I'm going to try to be as fair as possible to give you many views so you could choose which is your best choice for you because we are all different at different stages and we must live with ourselves so the best thing is to listen to a lot of different views and pick what's best for you but like I said keep in mind I am not a therapist I'm not a psychologist I am not a doctor I'm just a woman bringing this to you I wanted to explain and give you a little background so you know the person behind this obviously my name's Emmy Cat. You know that I'm a woman. Well, I, I would imagine you would guess I'm a woman. But I am also bilingual, bicultural, and of Mexican descent. Those are the four things that really define the person that I am. But I want to go a little deeper and give you some of my ideas and conclusions of how I became to be who I am. I strongly believe that what we focus on grows. If you pay attention to something, it will be there. If you believe something very strongly, it will happen. I also believe that what you take your attention away from will diminish. I grew up in what I believe to be the heart of Los Angeles. To me, it was a place just east of downtown, but to most, is the most dangerous place in LA because it is gang infested. Drug filled and violence seems to be found in every block. Believe it or not, growing up, I never saw it that way. Yes, I saw gangs, 
but I never feared them. I saw drugs, but I never took any. I heard of the horrible violent acts that happened around me, but I can honestly tell you, I never saw them with my own eyes. I grew up in a very strict home where I feared my mom more than any gang, and I respected and enjoyed my family more than any drug. Growing up, I had no idea that my neighborhood was so bad. I also didn't realize that we were poor. <laughs> my parents always managed to provide for us, to give us anything and everything that we wanted. I was not into labels, so I never asked for a certain label of shoe or a certain label of jeans. I just wanted jeans, and I got them. Or I wanted a summer blouse, and I got it. I wanted a certain thing, a certain book. When it came to school supplies, we always got what we wanted. My parents managed to provide for us in a very loving way. And I believe that made a lot of difference growing up in a neighborhood that was so infested with negativity and bad things like drugs and violence. I grew up in Boyle Heights, which is the At that time, it was considered the worst neighborhood within L.A., East L.A. I grew up in the middle of two conflicting gangs, but that taught me survival skills. The only way to walk in my neighborhood was without fear, because somehow I think gang members smelled fear. You had to walk with your head up high, looking at people straight forward and always doing the right thing. I learned about win-win and the art of negotiating. Let's be honest, nobody likes to lose or be taken advantage of. At a young age, I learned that if you do your best, always look out and protect your interests without abusing anybody else's. Always respecting others. That leads you to a win situation. Win-win is the best possible outcome in business. It is based on the art of negotiating and building long-lasting relationships. And that that I learned as I walked through various gangs and gang members is what I took with me as I went to work in corporate America. Because let's be honest, corporate America could be like walking <laughs> into a very violent uh, situation. Uh, they're very aggressive. They're very, and, and I don't mean physically. Corporate America is not easy. Yet I learned to walk alongside of them. I believe because I took with me what I had learned back home. My streets where I grew up were made up of Japanese, Jews, and recent Mexican immigrants. The demographics have changed a little bit more in Boyle Heights now. I understand that now it's considered very yuppie, and, and it is supposed to be like an in thing. And, and a place, when I tell people I grew up in Boyle Heights, they're like, oh my God, that is so cool. Well, it wasn't cool when I grew up. <laughs> in my neighborhood, I learned about respect and tolerance but I also learned about prejudice. My neighbor's parents and grandparents had been in concentration camps in Europe and in the US. Yes, the Japanese had been in concentration camps in America 
and the Jewish had been in concentration camps in Europe. I grew up hearing about the atrocities on the Japanese Americans and on the Jews. I also learned a very important lesson that being quiet and polite is not a sign of weakness, but a sign of strength and survival. I grew up appreciating other cultures. And that is the second thing that pulled me through life and has taken me this point in my life. Respecting others is very important. Not just for me, but it should be very important to everybody. I could sit here and go on and on and tell you more things about my life. What I decided to do instead is to tell you of three events in my life that might have seemed very insignificant to anybody else. But to me, they are what propel me to be where I am right now. I'll start with the first one. I was in high school. And as I told you, my high school was in a gang-infested neighborhood, so not many kids went on to college. And I remember in my senior year, this other student who had already graduated from my school came across and we were sitting down. And she asked me, where are you going to go to school? Are you going to my school? I don't want to disclose where she was going to not sound condescending or anything. <laughs> but she asked me if I was going to go to her school. And I said, no, actually, I got accepted to UCLA and that's where I'm going to go. She was a little bit surprised. I will never forget the look she gave me and the smirk she had in her face. And she said, well, I guess I will see you at my school in six months because without a doubt, you're going to get kicked out. You're not going to make it there. So I'll make sure to say hi to you when you, came to, when you come to my school. I remember sitting there. I was angry. I was upset. But I told myself, don't show it. Smile and say, yeah, maybe. That simple comment that she made to me, believe it or not, <laughs> gave me the strength at school when I found it tough at UCLA, when it was very impossible and very difficult for me to get the strength to say, no, I will not fail. <laughs> yes, that was my point of reference. Every time I seemed that I was going to fail, that I was not going to make it, that it seems very difficult. I remember and went back to that conversation and I kept saying, no, I will not fail. I remember after my first six months, after my quarter, which is when she projected I would be attending the same school she was, I was dancing and I was saying, okay, I made it past the, the semester. My school, UCLA, was going by quarters. Her school was going by semesters. And I will tell you that it was so important to me and it stuck with me so much that it was like a failure um, repellent. <laughs> that comment helped me repel failure. On graduation day at UCLA, 
And I know it might, must sound very petty and catty to some of you, but on my graduation day, as I was standing there with my cap and gown, and I did have an honor sash, I looked up and I said, no, I didn't. <laughs> ah, I was so proud of myself. And I stood there with a big smile. And I remember back when, when she predicted that I would be failing and going to her school, I was so proud and I could not be prouder of myself. That was one event that pushed me to become a better person, to become a better student, to not accept failure. No, I didn't. <laughs> Interesting enough, the next event in my life happened also at that age, right between high school and college. I remember it was my first day at UCLA and we had orientation. All of the freshmen had orientation. We were in this huge auditorium telling us the do's and don'ts and the rules of the school and what to expect and what not to expect. Then a gentleman that was African-American he was not a student, but he was part of the academia. He stood there and he goes, if you happen to have, and I remember what it was, a little something on your paper. If you happen to have this icon on your paper, please follow me to the next auditorium. I looked at my paper and I had it. So I got up and I went. It didn't take much for me to realize that the only ones going next door <laughs> were minorities. They were either African-American, some Asians, and some Latinos. I did look around and the percentage of Latinos was very small. I believe I counted 33. Now mind you, 33 out of 6,000 looks like nothing. I believe my freshman class was 6,000 and something freshmen that we entered. Uh, it was not the amount that we graduated, but that's the amount that we entered. That was the number we entered. But I remember sitting there, and I counted two or three times because my numbers were in the 30s. It was like I, I was wanting to count the Latinos. And I remember it's like, okay, how many are we? And I think I came up with 33 as a medium between the three counts that I had. <laughs> um, but in any case, the gentleman went on to say that, yes, you guys are here because in your papers, you claimed you were a minority. You put yourself as a minority. And that's who's here. You're either of some Asian group, some African-American group, or some Latino group. And I just want to tell you something. And he started clapping. And he goes, congratulations. You've made it this far. You made it on your own. You made it because the brains that you had, the dedication that you had, and the discipline that you had. Do not stop now. He then went on to introduce himself, and he said he was a counselor, and if we needed anything, that his doors would always be open. Right before he finished his speech, he said something. I want you to remember from now on who you are. You are creme de la creme. And I'm sitting there thinking, what the heck? 
creme de la creme. <laughs> I had never really heard that expression. And he said, you are the top of the top because it takes more effort for you that have had nothing, no tutors, no nothing for some of you to be sitting here than anybody else as a freshman that entered this university. And you are now in the big leagues. You will now be competing with those that have enough money to be trained, to be best, to be good. You've had nothing, but now the level is even. Don't ever forget My doors will always be open to you, but more than that, that you are creme de la creme. I kind of like that. I always thought, oh, I should get me a t-shirt that says creme de la creme. <laughs> I never did, by the way. But I did walk around with my head up high. I looked at other people thinking, wow, I guess I am somebody. I, I, I guess I am creme de la creme. That simple two, three words made me feel so secure about myself, gave me the inspiration to rise when I was feeling low. And part of me really believed that I was somebody. Part of me really believed that I was special. He gave me that gift of feeling special, something that has stayed through me all most of my life. Why not? Of course, I am creme de la creme. The third event that shaped my life happened in New York. I was working for a company where I found out that I was getting paid less than a male counterpart. At that time, I thought it was only me. I never realized, now that I'm older, I realize that it's very common for women to get paid less than a man, to get paid 75 cents to the dollar that a man makes for the same job. In this one instance, it wasn't even the same job. I was his boss. So I stood up for myself. I'm not going to go into all the details, but I stood up for myself and I walked out when I realized they were not willing to make any changes. As I got to my house and I was in shock realizing what I had just done, I received a phone call from a very powerful woman, somebody that I admired in the company. And the first three words out of her mouth were, you go girl. That gave me a relief Because I had been in, I mean, I just walked out of a job, <laughs> a very awesome job. And I was panicking. And to hear her voice, to hear the support, it was what I needed at that time. You go, girl. When I heard that, I knew I had done the right thing. I knew not to fear standing up for myself. And it was so awesome to hear it coming from another woman. That moment marked my life for many reasons. One, I learned that we women get paid and treated very different than men. I guess I had been in a little bubble before then. 
Um, I also learned that we women have to stick together. We have to help each other. And in my career, that small comment of you go girl from somebody that I admire, from a woman in the company that I admire, meant the world to me. So I have always made it my point that whenever I got to a certain position in my company, if it was in my power to hire somebody, I make sure that whomever hired to be the right person for that job, if it was a woman or it was a man, they were going to get paid equally because I was not going to have inequality on my watch. And that was the third thing that shaped my life. You go, girl, will always be my personal saying to myself whenever I feel I have treated somebody equally and justly. But more than anything, that I have stood up for myself. I can sit here and tell you all of the bad things that have happened in my life, but I choose not to because I don't want to give them the power. I choose instead to look at my blessed and lucky life. Yes, I'm very lucky because I have traveled the world. I have come across great people. I am blessed to have had the opportunity to work for great companies and amazing individuals. I can't honestly tell you that growing up, having had very little, helped me appreciate every day and everything that I do have right now. I have learned not to take anything for granted. Everything in my life has happened as it should. One thing did prepare me to the next. Yes, we could all choose to dwell and sit in the past, in the bad things that happen. But let's choose instead to see life as nothing short of amazing, special, magical. Abundance is in our mind. And it is reachable for all of us. This concept of rich, of richness, is more. It goes beyond money and looks. You will find, if you look around, that you are rich already. If you have a child, if you have a husband, a wife, if you have a home, if you have a pair of shoes. I mean, there are so many things. If you have two arms, two legs, whatever it is. Look at it and consider yourself blessed. Each person has the ability to change their life by simply changing their perspective. There truly is, are others that have less than we do. So while you might sit here and say, I have arthritis, remember there are others that have no legs. <laughs> As I complain, I have facial paralysis, and I complain and I struggle with my face and my ability to talk, to eat. I have to remember that there are others that are totally paralyzed. Nobody has the power over your life but yourself. The past is not going to determine your future. No matter what you did in the past, leave it in the past. But definitely, it will not dictate your present. You cannot allow it. I choose to see my future years as years of joy and abundance. 
I feel more at peace with myself than I ever have before. Yes, I have been very lucky. Remember that if you want something, the kind of life that you see for yourself, you have to start visualizing. You have to start believing that you will have that life. Whatever you focus on, it will expand. If you focus on your pain, on your health, it will be worse. Do the best that you can and move on. For me, now that I'm entering this new stage of my life, I was afraid, but now I know that after everything I have gone through, I am not going to crumble and I am not going to collapse. I have been through some very tough times and some very good ones. And I know because of that, that nothing's going to break me. I am prepared to start the next stage of my life bolder, stronger, and wiser. I want you to come along. Let's celebrate our new journey. I know it's not going to be all roses, but I also know that we have made it this far. We will be okay. Remember, breathe and don't panic. There's a lot of us. There's a support group. Sit here, grab some coffee or tea <laughs> or water or wine. And I hope you join me every week as I try to interview or I interview somebody new that I feel will contribute to our journey. And if you feel that you have something to contribute, do let me know. Until then, thank you, and I appreciate the time you've given me. And remember, yes, we have a life. We still have a life, and we are lucky and blessed for it. Thank you. This has been Boulder. Thank you for listening. I hope you'll join me for another episode in our search to live bolder. And remember, it's never too late to make the rest of your life your best life. Please subscribe today. Also follow me on Instagram and Facebook under Boulder the Podcast. Thank you.